Welcome to another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm Scott Gerard, joined as always by Tommy and Daniel. Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Uh, we got a good one for you. We actually have some breaking news because right as we're recording this, uh, I think pretty much everyone in Tigerland that's you know follows football closely is learning that the the Tigers are landing Jaden Daniels as a transfer from Arizona State. Uh, so we got that going on for us, which is nice. Uh, but then we also have, uh, if, if you've been paying attention, some basketball and some baseball news as well. Uh, so a lot to get into. I'm excited to do it. Uh, I want to check in with the co-host, see how you guys are doing. I don't know. Um, I was, I was, you know, kind of feeling good enough to talk about basketball and baseball as it was right now. Cause I think baseball still has another game to play tonight. Uh, but then boom, now we got this, uh, this, this transfer news. So I don't know. I'm, uh, I, I don't know how I feel. How do you guys feel? Um, I mean, I think that, I mean, we're not gonna, you're not going to say no to him. So I don't think we have a, we don't have a, a, a confirmed starter right now. Um, Miles Brennan would probably be the, is the presumed starter, but uh, I, I mean, Jaden Daniels is a guy who, especially going into um, either, was it going into last year or going into the 2020 season? People thought he was going to be a really, you know, top level quarterback with Herm Edwards and, uh, and the Sun Devils. I like it. I think it's going to be, I think it could be a good one. I just don't think he's going to be a, uh, I don't think he's going to be a massive, um, you know, I don't think it's like landing Joe Burrow. Well, yeah. Burrow or, or, (laughs) I, I like, you know, well, whoever Bryce Young, it's not like Bryce Young is transferring. I was going to say like, what if we had landed, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts or something? Yeah. Something like that. Okay. I I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like now I was telling Daniel this when we, when, I, I, if I had to make a prediction right now, I would almost predict he'll end up being the starter for the entire season, but he's just going to be middling. That's kind of how I feel. Like, I feel like it's going to be like, he'd be like, this, he'll, he'll like end up winning out for the job, but he's not going to like light the world on fire. I think he'll just be like, okay. Yeah. He's kind of had an up and down career at Arizona state. Um, three year starter. He was hurt for most of the 2020 season. And also they didn't play as many games, obviously with the shortened season. So his stats weren't as good. But he's a he pretty, was very good as freshman. Year. Yeah, he had a breakout freshman year in 2019, 17 yeah. touchdowns and only two picks um, to go along with a kind of a slew of, of rushing touchdowns and, and yards as well. That's kind of his hallmark is like the gunslinger, not so accurate, um, but can attack you in multiple ways. And then he had a little bit of a down 2021. So he's still got two years of eligibility left, which means he could be around for a little while. Uh, obviously, he's going to have to beat out a room full of quarterbacks already with miles Brennan, Garrett Nussmeyer and Walker Howard. Uh, but I mean, you can't really turn down, I guess, better in leadership and proven production on a D one level. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. We haven't really had a dual threat quarterback as our starter since Justin Jefferson, I would say, uh, or George, Je- George Jefferson, excuse me. Yeah. I guess Brandon Harris, um, was a little bit of a ground threat to, uh, but it's been a, and hey, Joe Burrow, Joe might, Joe might argue with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If he runs, but uh, Jaden Daniels is more of the prototypical, like Lamar Jackson or yeah. Michael Vick, like legs are an option and not like a, a last resort. So um, we'll see how Mike Denbrock, the offensive coordinator shapes that around him. If he does eventually become the starter or I, I had mentioned a time, maybe you can, we go to like a, a two quarterback set between miles and Jaden and LSU has not succeeded so well with two quarterback sets in the past. Uh, so teams rarely do. Yeah, things but will hey, shake out. We we have a different coach now, so maybe he can figure that out. 
I imagine he's worked with different, you know, QB. I know he's worked with two QB sets before, but you know, they, they've all been these running gun guys, you know, that not like a just stand in the pocket type of passer, which is, you know, what we see more as miles ask, cause he is not, uh, let's just say he's not as nimble as, uh, probably as Mr. Daniels might be, but I don't know. I wanted to ask you guys, like, I, again, I, you know, you look back at like, well, we kind of thought, all right, well, finally miles has a chance to, you know, take over this team, this, this, this school that he's kind of devoted himself to, even though he entered the transfer portal, never really left. He came back because Brian Kelly convinced him to come back. And we also had Brian Kelly doing this, you know, one of these TikTok videos with the spinning, uh, you know, the spinning uh, pho- photograph machine. So I-, I don't know. Where do you think? I get it. Brian Kelly's probably thinking of the immediate future. But, like, how would you reconcile this with your, A, your five-star QB coming in, and also your, uh, you know, like your fifth or sixth-year senior in Miles, <laughs> in Miles that, uh, you know, you convinced to come back? Like, how do you, like, how, is this going to be an ugly situation? Or you think this is going to be a, hey, LSU wins, everybody wins? I, I think that from Walker, from the Walker Howard perspective, I don't think it really matters as much because he's been on numerous, like, I, I've listened to him on interviews. I've listened to his dad's interviews. <laughs> and and they've both said that he's he's just coming here to, to for his freshman year, he's fine with sitting. I think even red shirting's on the table. He wants to learn. He wants to compete. He wants to, to you know, just really hone his craft. I think that uh, especially, I mean, if you just watched the way Garrett Nussmeyer struggled a little bit last year and even how Max and, and TJ Finley struggled the year before, uh, just being a true freshman trying to start in the SEC is not even close to easy. So I, I, I wouldn't worry as much about Walker feeling the pressure of this, but I do, I do kind of, I mean, not that, uh, not that Miles Brennan returning is like, you know, it's like having Peyton Manning come back or something. He, he has had a bad stretch of luck. Though. Yeah. But it's just kind of like, you know, supposedly that was the first call that Brian Kelly made when he got the job. He was like, I called miles yeah. and I sold him. I wanted him to stay. And then he's kind of bringing this guy, which, you know, yeah, you're not going to tell him no. You're not going to say, no, we sorry, we're good. And it's kind of a question of, like, how active were we in recruiting Jane Daniels? Were we like, we got to have you down yeah. here in the bayou? Or is he just like, y'all y'all need a quarterback? And then <laughs> we were like, uh, I guess. <laughs> so I think it'll be telling when it comes around to the spring practice and ultimately the spring game, kind of who they allocate is QB1, taking reps with the starters. And then on the opposite end, I wouldn't be surprised if they do kind of a, oh, they're all kind of deadlocked and it's not really a one and two. It's just kind of we had to split them up situation. Mm-hmm. And there's still a lot of time for competition, but that'll be pretty telling. Yeah. Um, and I, I think you kind of hinted at it, Tommy, but I think Garrett Nussmeyer is kind of the odd man out yep. here. Um, like Miles was maybe not presumed the starter, but I would say presumed the favorite at least yeah. going into this season. And now Jaden Daniels is kind of on his level with Walker Howard sitting. So I would be not surprised at all if Nussmeyer is on another team, maybe even by this the start of this season, because a four QB room with everybody wanting a piece of the pie is, is a lot to a lot of mouths to feed. Yeah. So yeah, but I, I think it also depends on what Jaden Daniels wants to do. I think that, I think Nussmeyer is probably fine. Well, maybe, I don't know if he's fine with it, but I think that he, okay. So last year didn't count. He redshirted, right? So, yeah, so that's, why we, that's why we looked horribly in that bowl game. Yeah. And so this is, you know, his first year of eligibility. Let's say he sits, let's just say that everything, everything kind of worked out the way we were talking about it. So he ends up sitting this year because miles is the, is the quarterback. And then 
he would probably be the starter the year after that. Miles moves on, and this is before we get Jaden Daniels. Well, now that we have Dan, if Jaden Daniels is here for two years, like he said, Daniel, he's got two years of eligibility. If he's not thinking, okay, I'm going to come here and play for a year, go to the NFL, um, then that's where I think Nussmeyer might might need to look or might start looking other places. I think that if if both if both Daniels and Brennan are gone after this year, then it, it opens it up more for um, for Nussmeyer. It makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, if it's down to him and Walker, then you have to think, all right, well, even if Walker beats me out, you know, uh, nothing's guaranteed. I mean, Walker himself is still recuperating from, a, you know, an injury. So uh, it just goes to oh, – and plus, look at Miles last – like Daniel said, he's had bad luck. Last two years, he's had injuries. One was, you know, self-inflicted on a <laughs> on a fishing trip. But <laughs> I, I don't know. It's like maybe maybe this is Brian Kelly's uh, – he's hedging his bets here because, you know, you know what, Miles, Miles got a fish. He's got a hunt. He's got a – chop up some wood in the, in, <laughs> on his, uh, on his homestead. So I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, uh, if I was miles and, and everybody else in that QB room, I'd understand. I'd be like, dude, you just, you just pleaded for us all to stay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, you took a weird video, you put yourself out there. So I, I, I don't know. I, but Hey, nothing's guaranteed. Right. Um, so there we go. Uh, I, I don't know. I think, um, it sucks. Cause I thought, you know, I thought, Good for Miles. He's finally going to have a chance to make this his team. And if he has a fresh start with everything, you know, because let's say, you know, LSU's offense, we've had good players, but maybe not just a, a good system for our players to work with because we've had different, you know, offensive coordinators and all this. And, and once Joe Brady left, it's like it all went out the window and we didn't have anything. So uh, you would think, all right, well, here he is with Brian Kelly and his offensive prowess. And, but no, not anymore. So I, I don't know. It's, awkward but hey i i, I kind of welcome it we'll see what happens right yeah uh, anything can happen between now and labor day weekend so we shall see um i don't think there was any other football type news um not that i saw and this is kind of an ongoing story the news only broke 45 minutes yeah, ago so, so we'll even know more you know throughout the week but mm-hmm. it's definitely something to monitor yeah um so anyway going back to uh current Current news in the making. Uh, I'd say LSU basketball is, uh, I don't know if they, I mean, they, they ended the week on a good note, right? Like they had a really good moral victory slash loss uh, with Arkansas earlier this week, but at least they closed out the regular season with a win um, against Alabama at home, winning 80 to 77. And just, I don't know, I, I feel like they really needed that one. It, you could see it probably could have gone either way, kind of like the Arkansas game and the Kentucky game before that. But Tigers pulled it out. I feel like it was a good, I don't know, I guess you could say one of those gritty wins that we had earlier in the season. Um, obviously, it, you know, it could not have ended that way. But I, I felt like it was at least good for them to get that before the end of the season because Will Wade's saying, yeah, we're finally coming together. And I, I don't know, just with the Arkansas game, I guess I realized, you know what, Arkansas is probably the hottest team in the SEC if not the country, right? And we went toe to toe with them to the line. Uh, you, you know, you could you could blame certain things on why we didn't win because LSU could have just as easily won that game, uh, where if not for you know a charge call here and there, uh, if you want to blame the refs or some you know some made shots here and there, if you want to blame LSU or you know something else, blaming on uh, Will Wade. But they could have won that game, right? I don't know if it would have changed their position in the SEC tournament if that matters, but at least we have a buy for the first weekend, but all in all, I don't know. 
I don't know. Would you guys say that you kind of adjusted your view views going forward with the season? I, I think I'm still kind of at, uh, I'm just at a call bet, you know? Um, Cause I don't know. I, you watch what happened with Arkansas and you think, man, I, I feel like with Arkansas and Kentucky, I don't know about Auburn, but you know, all Alabama and like all these other teams and what they've done against other teams in the country. I, I feel like, you know, it's like what we've talked about. There's just, there's like a base level of elite playing across the country and everybody else is beneath that. So like mm-hmm. LSU can hang with these guys. They just can't close out the games. Yeah. So you look um, at the current, you look at the tournament and you think, all right, well, we got a shot, but then you also think, yeah, but we'll lose it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Did, did this week change anything for you? I'm still kind of like at a wait and see approach. Cause uh, you know, they could win the SEC tournament or they could be out in the first game. I don't know. Well, uh, what do you say? Uh, I was going to say, I think we got kind of what we expected from these two games, which is two closely contested matches between teams of relatively equal strength. Like pretty I, much exactly what you expected. You predicted. Yeah. That. I said we were going to lose to Arkansas and beat Alabama, which is what happened. Um, it d- did taste pretty sweet to beat Bama for the first time in six games. I uh, wish we could have closed out against Arkansas. Both were very exciting uh, matches to watch and either could have swung both ways. We almost choked against Bamba with it going to overtime. And, but yeah, this is kind of how LSU has run the last few weeks um, with Tari Eason kind of carrying and uh, he fouled out kind of <laughs> ignobly against Arkansas, which his last foul is what really kind of sealed the deal because he left the game and then they scored two points on the other end mm-hmm. uh, to take the edge but he it was a little bit cleaner against Alabama as far as the fouls, um, the ongoing story. But uh, I mean, it proves that we can, we can hang with anybody and beat them. But like you had mentioned about the SEC tournament, we're the number five seed. Um, so we play the winner of Missouri and Ole Miss to not so good teams. At least if we can step past uh, that opposition that we'll be facing, getting the rematch against Arkansas. So hopefully we can take them down there. So I'll be looking forward to this upcoming Thursday for our first game. And then I believe the day after Friday, if we, if we win that one, um, but kind of just more of the same from LSU uh, need them to, to step up and, and close this thing out. Yeah. I just, I just think that we haven't, I don't, I don't think we've improved much from two months ago. I think we're the same team, the same streaky team, the, the same team that is obvious is clearly better when we, when everybody's healthy, just go figure. But we also really, really, really struggle when our players foul out, which they tend to do pretty often. Um, I wouldn't say I was, I like, I, I agree. Like the, the, the effort and the, the Arkansas game could have gone either way, but I think that, I think that we shot ourselves in the foot a lot in that Arkansas game, yeah, especially absolutely. with the fouls. Like we could have been up by like, you know, I don't know, five, six, seven points if we hadn't had all those fouls and it's what, and, 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 you know, like we'll wait and, and all the players kind of have this attitude of, of, Oh, anytime they get a foul, like it's all, it's automatically the refs, like just stiffing LSU, which maybe they are, but I think that was a, that was like a good talking point. That was like a good excuse kind of uh, a month ago, two months ago, three months ago. I agree. But at this point, like, that's how it's that's how the game's gonna be called when you're on the court and so you have to make an adjustment because it's like they're not gonna they're not gonna go back and uh and and re, you know go through the game film and award you points retroactively <laughs> like it's not like fantasy football where the next day they go they go back and check through the stats and see if your if your points actually counted 
Right. Uh, well, I would also say this, it's, um, uh, you know, at some point, uh, like you said, it's, you can't rely on the refs. I, I think, uh, LSU baseball realized that this weekend too, which is something you can get into later. But if you let, if you let the officials run the game, then they will, uh, just don't, don't put yourself in that position. You know, I, I, I let's be honest though. There were a few weird charge fouls like there was a shot that Tar Easton had that would have put LSU ahead that they called they, he made the bucket yeah. and they called it back because they they called the charge after the bucket went through the or the shot went through the basket yeah like how how in the world anyway um so there's that so this is what I was going to bring up because you you guys mentioned well I think it was you Tommy they mentioned the uh, you know that you know that's the officiating it is what it is so we should expect that throughout the rest the, the rest of the SEC tournament which starts uh, this week. And I would say this, we're, I think we're going to be in the NCAA tournament. There's no doubt about that. Do you think maybe the Tigers have a little bit of reprieve going into the tournament with whatever refs they're going to face? Uh, Cause you know, they won't be under this scrutiny of the SEC or SEC refs, or I, I don't know, because I feel like we get, we get everyone's, I would say best, but I would also say they're worse, like with their fans everything. Everyone just hates Will Wade. I, I think yeah. that's a given. So, but by virtue of that, I think our players, you know, they, they kind of have to deal with the effects of that because it gets the opposing team's fans just all riled up. You know, it's like, I don't know if LSU can really present that type of home court advantage uh, as opposed to other teams because they just hate us so much. But do, do we really expect we're going to see that once we enter the tournament? I wouldn't, expected to really lessen as far as kind of the opposition towards LSU. I mean, sometimes weird stuff can happen in the tournament where it's LSU versus like Florida state, but you're playing in Spokane, Washington, and then there's no home fans of either team there. So that could be a situation. Uh, But you just got to play the team that's against you and try and block out the things that you can't control necessarily, which is like the refs or the fans. How do they, how do they do the refs for the tournament? Is it rotate them? Like, like they just, yeah, they just, they just pick a, I think they assign the refs and then they just place the seatings because uh, like it's, you know, it's like, Oh, this one's uh, SEC refs or this one's PAC 12 refs. So they travel in groups, right? Yeah. And they assign them randomly. I don't think oh. they can do it based after they seed the teams. Right. That yeah. would seem weird. Yeah. But LSU's projected as a six seed right now, at least according to ESPN um, in, in the current bracket, they have us facing Wyoming in the first round, which would be weird. Uh but so at a 60, you're going to play somebody who's not the top of the top, but not a seller dweller either. So, um, I mean, is that better than we were seated last year? Were we eight seed last year? Last year we were eight. Yeah. We, yeah. it was eight V nine, which is why we played number one, Michigan in the second round. Yeah. Um, so if this turned out to be the case and we won, we would play a three seed in the second round. Um, but we could potentially improve that obviously with a really good performance in the SEC tournament. But I think overall the kind of the 21 and 10, uh, regular season performance is pretty good for what we expected from LSU this year. We hit the 20 win kind of benchmark, which I would say is the definition of like a success for Will Wade. Unfortunately, more of those wins were front loaded against yeah. worse teams than uh, SEC, but we went 99 in the SEC and had some big wins. Kentucky and Tennessee come to mind and some kind of devastating losses as well. So just hope we can finish uh, at least on a bit of a high note here. Yeah. There was one thing that was true about the Alabama game. I think it was something Nate Oates said beforehand because I don't think he was their 
No, that was sorry. That was Musselman in Arkansas. I don't think he was their coach the last time they played. Uh, but for for Alabama, um, I don't think we had Xavier Pinson. So it's like all these teams that we're playing now for the second time. Uh, you know, it's just it's just been a different scenario. So I, I think heading into the tournament, SEC and otherwise, like we're we're finally at full force and we we can see that what we're dealing with. And you know, hopefully these guys have tried to get back to the way they were when they were like fifteen and zero. So we shall see. Um, as I guess my overall thought is, you know, just looking at how they've played the SEC, we can hang with anybody. It's just closing it out, yeah. eliminating, just giving away the game with stupid fouls. I mean, I, I get it. LSU has an aggressive defense. They're going to get called for fouls, but some of them are just stupid. Yeah. Uh, and also just either nailing our shots or just choosing better shots. Because if you guys watch, you know, if you watch the end of that Arkansas game, our, our last shot was, it, it was not good. Oh, it was you know? terrible. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it's like, it, it, I don't know if it was on Xavier Pinson or that's how they drew it up or he, what they drew up broke down and he had to improvise or what, but it was just, it wasn't a good look. And so it just didn't give us a chance to win. Imagine if they had pulled off that win, you know, heading in the postseason with two straight wins against top 25 teams. I don't know. I think that would change things, but at least we got one. Yeah. Right. So they, they know they can win. So we're moving forward. We'll see what happens. Um, I don't know. Uh, any last thoughts, like just on basketball, you know, the tournament otherwise, because uh, I don't think so. I'll give them the schedule. So LSU plays at two o'clock PM uh, central. Oh, no, excuse me. One o'clock PM central on Thursday against the winner of Missouri and Ole Miss. And then if they win that, they play again Friday also at one o'clock against Arkansas. Hmm. So um, set your, your dials for that. So be excited to watch. Yeah. And um by the way, just just so we mention it, um, LSU women's basketball—they uh, are actually already out. They already had their SEC tournament. Uh, I think it's Kentucky and South Carolina they're going to play. But the Tigers—they—they uh, they didn't make it uh, too far. But man, did you? Kim Mulkey hadn't had herself quite a moment. Man, she—I um, don't know. You, you could look at it like if you're an opposing team, I could see how you could say, "Dude, Kim Mulkey's crazy, <laughs> right? She's cray." But as a, as a Tiger fan, you're like. Dude, I that's I'd rather die for her. Yeah. She she's solid. She's to the core. She's solid. You know where she stands. I would love that if I was a player. Um go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, yeah, they got beaten pretty badly by Kentucky. And uh the, the video of Kim Mulkey freaking out after the ref at the end of the game kind of went viral. Uh she got a technical foul and then but I guess I mean you want that person on your side. You don't want to be coaching against that or playing for somebody who doesn't have that passion for your team. So hopefully they can uh get it together for the actual NCAA tournament. They're still projected as like a two or a three seed. So chance for for a run there um if they can correct those issues. So I mean I would definitely say exceeding basically all expectations oh, absolutely. for, for the mean, women's team already. Didn't they, they didn't even make the tournament last year. No, they were basically irrelevant the last couple of years of Nikki Fargus. And at least they're in the conversation now in the top 10 team uh, for this year. So Kim Mulkey definitely had uh, the positive effect that she wanted to, which is what we needed for consider how much we paid her, True. Uh, but a, a good step for the program there. Yeah. And you know, you could, you could probably say, or at least you could make an argument that she, you know, she's probably the, uh, SEC Women's Coach of the Year. She didn't win it, but uh, I could definitely see how other people would say there's there's no one else that it could be other than Kim Mulkey with the turnaround that LSU Women's Basketball has had. But so 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 be that as it may. Uh, so moving on to LSU baseball, they had a really nice 
and I guess you could call it a, a, a tournament, of, uh, so to speak, but you know, it was basically just a, a, a charity tournament over at, uh, at Houston's at Astros Field at Minute Maid Park. And LSU had three games. They're still yet to play the third. Uh, they're going to play Baylor later on tonight. Uh, but LSU started out with Oklahoma, then they played Texas. You know, two teams that I guess we're going to be welcoming into the SEC here in a few years. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's just a good chance for the Tigers to see where they stand against other teams. Because, you know, I don't know where Oklahoma really stands after watching the game. I feel like they're a pretty, pretty good team, pretty decent team, right? At least the, the, the starter that we faced pitching-wise, uh, <laughs> it was pretty good. I mean, he, he matched, if not exceeded, Blake Money uh, and just had our Tigers kind of kind of cold all night until till the later half of the game. Uh, but then Texas, I, I don't know. I feel like, um, you know, it just we, we couldn't get anything going, and it was kind of obvious that you could see why Texas might be the number one because this was their, what, their second second game starter against our – I don't even know if uh, Floyd's our second game starter. That's just who started this game because, you know, I thought it would have been – it could have been anybody, Mikel Hilliard or, or somebody else. But um, – Tigers didn't fell his way in that game. They didn't even really get any offense going. So uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens against Baylor, but I think it's a good weekend to see where we stand. A lot of things to work on. A lot of things that we still have, you know, um, at least with the Oklahoma game, it, I feel like they showed some fight, right? Kind of like they did uh, in a couple of games where they had to come back uh, last weekend. So I don't know. What, what did you guys see? Cause um, when I watched it, the Oklahoma game, it's like, you know, there were some opportunities, but it just took a while for the hitters to warm up, and then they, they capitalized. Mm-hmm. With Texas, that just never kind of – it just it just never happened. I would say they didn't have their opportunities. I mean, they had bases loaded twice, once with zero outs, one with one out, and they, they got one run on an error, and that was it. So, I don't know. Uh, I think maybe we're a little outmatched with Texas. Maybe just maybe it's just a pitching issue. I don't know. Because uh, their, their pitching was good. Our, our guys just couldn't work around it. What did you guys see? Yeah, I mean, I thought that that Oklahoma win uh, was a was a pretty pretty good win. Like, like, you know, I don't know if Oklahoma – I don't know too much about that team, to be honest. I don't know how good they are comparatively and rankings-wise and all that. But the way that LSU battled, stayed in the game, you know, they were down for a while – um, but fought fought to get it to extra innings and then uh and then you know win it on a walk-off. Um I, I thought that was I thought that was a really a great win for them. The yeah. Texas loss, uh I mean they're supposed they're the number one team in the country, right? So I guess we kind of expected a loss. I didn't I didn't actually get a chance to watch the Texas game, but Daniel, you were saying that we weren't really at, or, or it, it wasn't as big of a loss as it looks on the on the stats sheet, right? Yeah, so we were the the inverse. I, I couldn't watch the Oklahoma game, but I did check out the Texas one and like like you had mentioned Scott, their pitcher uh, was really good. We couldn't get the bats going for most of the game until the end. But yeah, we, we started putting runners on and then just couldn't bring them home. I think we had 12 men left on base, yeah. Uh, yeah. which we definitely could convert. We had eight hits, but only, could only convert one run. And then, like you said, Tommy, three of Oklahoma or Texas's runs came on one swing of the bat uh, with a second inning, three run shot. Uh, and Blake Money pitched pretty well, other than that one uh, at bat. So it, not Blake Money, excuse me, Ty, uh, Ty Floyd, yeah, um, making all sorts of mistakes. But it was a closely contested game, and we were playing with them, but we just couldn't make the – this is the thing we talked about all last year where we couldn't make the little things happen that we needed to to, to win the games. 
And so it just kind of makes you like cringe when you see us make that key error, like in the second inning before Texas hit the three run Homer, uh, we could have had three up three down, but they had a little dribbler down the third baseline that Floyd picked up and threw into the stands to uh, put two men on. And then the next batter drilled it. So that's like the type of thing that kills you. You don't really see it in the stat sheet immediately, but makes a whole lot of a difference. So um, we're playing against Bethune Cookman, whoever that is this upcoming week. So uh, we'll see if we can polish that up and uh, get three more wins on the board. The the one thing that I think is, again, I think we kind of mentioned this last week as well, but I I keep seeing it. And I think it's a good thing. Like uh, I think that the LSU's performance in gosh, Technical difficulties. Mm-hmm. Um, LSU's performance in both games uh, was pretty s- similar in that they kind of had, you know, it was like ups and downs. Like it, we were never, we were never dominant, even in the one that we won and, uh, and obviously the one we lost. I think that the difference between this year and last year and in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a couple of years past is with a few swings of the bat we're back in the game which we saw that come into play in oklahoma unfortunately we didn't get that didn't you know the the, we didn't get that opportunity in uh in the texas game but when you've got the i I don't know what it is we've just got so much more power it seems like we've got so much more power this year and we're able to just um really put together nice strings of hitting and with our hitting these being as consistent as as it is i think that we're uh you know we're we're good to be in pretty much any game we play yeah, and I, I could say you could probably attribute that to, you know, two to three names in our lineup. You know, just Dylan Cruz, Jacob Berry, I, you know, you'd say Trey Morgan, uh, you know, maybe a, a clutch hit by uh, the, the newcomer, Jobert. Mm-hmm. But basically, it's like we have all that. And the announcers, you know, I was able to watch, uh, I'd say, most of the, the weekend, and the announcers we're talking about LSU's offense and oh, what these pitchers are doing to LSU's offense. So it's like, it's, uh, that's, that's what our, uh, our reputation precedes us with is we're supposed to have all this offense. I mean, as you can see though, it's uh, like, yeah, we, we can't have offense here in spurts, but I think it goes back to us having the bases loaded with zero outs and all we could get is one run, but then we reloaded the bases, right? Cause I think uh, Joe bear walked. So it was bases loaded with one out and then we we struck out two straight times. Uh, we scored on a sack fly, right? Which was, uh, I think, um, Dylan Cruz got on with a, an error, basically. So, I don't know. It's like even the run we scored is it's basically because Texas gave it to us. So I, I don't know. I I feel like there's some work to do there. Um, I don't know. It was it's interesting to see you know Jay Johnson though because he was he was pretty active as a coach because mm-hmm. there were some calls. There was a lot. For whatever reason, there was a lot of, uh, you know, activity or just strange strangeness over at first base. You know, LSU had a few areas over there with just missing calls. Uh, Trey Morgan, we thought we had an out on first base because he they picked a runner off, but he was basically blocking the pass. So they not only called him safe, but they gave him a base. Um, and I don't know, there was there was some other like that Aaron, you, uh, that error you talked about with um Floyd throwing it past. So I don't know. Then there was the uh, weird, there was the weird thing at the very end where it was like a ground rule double. Then it was an out. Then it was a single. Yeah. Well, it's cause the, he tried to catch it and then it bounced off the wall. Yeah. And instead of giving him a ground rule double, they gave him a single. It's like, how do you give a guy that hits it off the wall, 300 and something feet, 400 something feet and give him a single. 
but I guess apparently they changed rules over this past season and oh, really? that's the rule. Yeah. Okay. Cause that, cause I remember the rule being like, uh, like if it hits the wall and then like, I thought it, okay. So it, it was a ground rule double at one time. Yeah. yeah. Is that right? Okay. And they changed that, it. That's year. well, it depends. It, I, I thought it would depend like where, where in the park it was hit and where the runner was, you know, it's so yeah. like if he, cause Dylan Cruz was almost that second by the time this ball bounced off the glove and hit the wall. So it's like, how could you not give him a double? I don't understand if it was like a, a, a rocket liner to the outfield fence and the guy caught it when he's at like crossing first base. That makes sense to me. But if it's like deep center field and it bounces off the wall, how do you only give him a single? But I guess they have to go to the rule book and that's what it says. Yeah. So I guess we should expect that here on out for the rest of the season though, right? Like now Jay Johnson knows, but it was interesting to see him actively out there calling call, like ch- challenging calls. Maybe, I don't know if he was calling for uh, reviews or if those are automatic, but like he's on top of it. I like that. Um, I, I feel like there was some, you know, some some adjustments made during the game that I, I could just tell he was actively participating instead of just seeing what happens. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, he does seem to have a little bit more pep in his step than Paul Maneri did <laughs> yeah. at some points well, in recent years. He's about what, probably thirty years younger than <laughs> twenty <laughs> okay. years at least. Twenty, I'd say twenty. But um, yeah, as as, um, as Daniel said, we got. Uh, I think we have a good week to kind of put this behind us, uh, build from what worked and uh, change maybe what didn't, or just look at it. But you know, we start out with uh, another in-state game, Tuesday against McNeese. Then we have Bethune Cookman. We're welcoming them to the box this weekend, uh, and then after that, it's one more in-state game with Tulane, and then it starts our SEC schedule with uh, Texas A&M at. In, uh, at the box so i mean this is it the last week you can kind of tune up before you hit this i guess you could say a meat grinder of an sec schedule because i mean you look at everyone in front of us um like if they're in the sec west uh, except for i'd say alabama they're probably ranked right uh so here we go this is it <laughs> um no no time to look back now like but from looking at what we saw in this weekend guys I, I don't know i feel like blake money is our game one guy Game two guy, I don't know. I feel like they're still figuring it out. Um, it, maybe it's just what we're working with, but I feel like we're in the same position we were last year or two where we just, you know, it's it's like we have our game one starter, and then after that, it's just plug and play. Yeah. You know? It, it, it's kind of weird because, I mean, you think about, like, last year, wasn't, like, our Friday starter was kind of, like, the, the trouble? And we – because we had uh, – uh, Lang and um well what happened last year was Lane and Marceau was our ace on Friday. What am I talking about? Um yeah. Tommy's, Tommy's three three years in the past. But Lane and Marceau, he would have shut them down, but our offense would just choke every single time he pitched. Uh, so yeah. he would hold them to two or three runs, but then we would lose like three to one. Uh and then we had AJ Labus on Saturday who pitched well also. And then it was kind of a rotation on Sunday between Hilliard and we had uh Jaden Hill at the he, beginning of the year, injured, but, but right? was hurt, yeah. yeah. Um, so Hilliard's really the only holdover from then. And so they're kind of working him in on Sunday. So he'll, he'll probably be pitching in about 20 minutes here against Baylor. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah. And, you know, we had Aaron Nola and we had at Lang and well, guys, you gotta remember two years ago, Ben McDonald was hurt. So he couldn't, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> how many more years of eligibility is he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is he going to come back? Does he get the COVID year? I don't think we can hold out our hopes on that, but uh, moving forward, I don't know. I feel like we're still in that same situation. So hopefully they can 
figure it out over the next few weeks, like who's going to be our game two guy. Cause I don't know. Uh, I feel like it's going to be another long, like kind of like the basketball team where it's like, you can see the potential, but like, are they really going to, it does feel very similar to basketball. Yeah. I, I, I was thinking that this weekend, like, it's like, yeah, you're right. There's the potential there. They've got that. They've got their streaky. Although it, maybe it's a little bit early to say that for sure. Yeah, I, know, but, yeah. I mean, the expectations are higher for baseball for sure. Considering we're a preseason top 10 team with True. Omaha dreams. And so that will be put to, put to the test every weekend in the sec series. So that's when we can really dive into it, but yeah, I just need to, to clean up these last few uh, warm up games and then get into it. Um, I think overall so far it's been a, I would say like a eight out of 10, as far as like performance for baseball. So, I mean, you, you tripped up once against tech and then you lost to Texas. You can't really fault them too much for that. So yeah, um, we'll continue to fix on mistakes and then go from there. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's, that's literally how I would put it. It's like there, there were mistakes in, in both games, you know, it's like uh, in tech, I think they had what five hundred runs uh, I, I, Texas. I don't think they had that many, but Still, it was just you know they they had they had some things where they gave runs away or they they had an opportunity to get runs and they just blew it for lack yeah. of a better word. Uh, but things to work on, a lot, lot to build on though. Good good foundation, I think. Uh, but having said that, um, I don't know. I, I think that's uh, that's everything we had on the books, folks. Yeah, that about wraps it up. I agree. Tune into the SEC basketball tournament and then. Our next podcast will be on Selection Sunday next week. True. Yeah. Yeah. So we, I know the Tigers are game five, but what what day is that? It's, it's like Thursday, one o'clock Central, two o'clock Eastern. Yeah. And uh, and it's interesting. It's in Tampa, right? Because yeah. before it's been in Nashville or, or wherever, but um, or Atlanta, but Atlanta, now it's in yeah. Tampa. So I wonder. I wonder what the uh, you know the crowds are going to be like because that's it's obviously obviously a neutral site. Uh, I guess it depends who travels. I don't know if LSU basketball travels as well as LSU baseball or football, um, but I don't know if these other teams will either. Obviously, Kentucky will, but it'll, it'll be interesting, right? Yeah. yeah, I'm excited for it. I think tournaments are always fun to watch. So, Yeah, and it's it's a different venue, so I don't know. Hopefully, that, that, that changes things up. Hopefully, the Tigers uh, can get it together this week. They have um, have a couple of days to, to figure it out, to rest, not even think about it, because they don't even know who they're going to play yet. But, it's, I mean, they have an idea. Obviously, it's one of two teams. But um, hopefully, Will Wade can kind of tighten some screws and clean out some dust elsewhere and get these guys ready for this tournament. Uh, I don't know. I, you know, it's like they could lose the first game. They could make it to the finals and lose in overtime. I, I really don't know, right? Who does? Um, but hopefully uh, – it's just something they can build on for the NCAA tournament in baseball. We shall see what they do. And um, I don't know if we're going to have any other football recruits. I don't know if anyone can top Jaden Daniels after this, after this week, uh, you know, unless we landed the next biggest superstar out there, but I don't know if that's even possible, uh, but we'll see. We'll have it for you either way here on talking Tigs next time. So until then stay safe, stay tuned. And we will talk to you next time on talking Tigs.